0: Hello, my friends. This is Brian Q. Davis broadcasting from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. And today's topic is this, date nights. Sit back and relax, and let's get started. So this is a special podcast. It's a special podcast because this is the very first one in 120 plus episodes that I actually have a guest. And you might guess from the title of the podcast who that guest might be. It is my wife, Susanna. So say hello, Susanna.
1: Hello, Susanna.
0: Oh, great. <laughs> this, this podcast just took a turn. It's not, it's not going to all be about sales and dominating your marketplace. We're apparently a comedy show now. <laughs> How does it feel to be here talking into, uh, into the microphone?
1: Super awkward. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, okay. that's It is what it is. Um, I understand. It's, it, it is a little bit. It is strange having something in your face. Um, so what I thought we might talk about, because since we just came off of date night and it is date night, it's Thursday, which is our normal date night. W- like this has been a change for us. We didn't always like in our marriage, we didn't always have date nights. Like we we started this, what, probably a year and a half ago where we were consistent? No. Less?
1: Yeah, maybe
0: six months ago. Six months ago where it was like the same time every week. We got the babysitter on point and all that kind of stuff. Um, what, What have you, I mean, what, first of all, I guess, what is it, what's been the difference between having date night and not having date nights? What's been like, since we do this, we go to a little place called Taco e Vino. Uh, that's what our our place has become. Although we used to do Azador. Yeah. So we had date nights a little bit more consistently than six months ago. Not right? Consistent. Not this consistent. Right. But it was consistent, but not as consistent. Right. Okay. Well, fair enough. Okay. So what? Like, what's what's been the change if you think back to before we even did date nights, like there was a period of a couple of years where there was, I mean, like date night, there was no intentionality behind that. Like, what is that, how does that, how does that feel to you?
1: Um, I'd say it's just nice to have a night that we can count on every week, regardless of what's going on where we know, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to spend time together. We're going to eat a meal together and there's not going to be, um, Anybody else or anything else that's gonna be in you the mean way. children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you trying to be politically Are you trying to be politically correct? Like I'm not gonna say our, I'm not I don't want my children. Our here.
1: sweet children aren't gonna be in the way. There's not gonna
0: be someone there.
1: Right. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> yeah. No, our children aren't gonna be there and it's just gonna be a time that we can fight. Or, or talk about, you know, how our weeks are going or the three things that we need to catch up on that we haven't had a chance to, or, you know, sometimes we just get to have great conversations, not every time, but sometimes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What would you say has shifted in terms of, I mean, that's what the things that we're getting out of it. What, what did it feel like before we had this kind of joint commitment to date nights if you can think back that far like it's hard for me to remember when we didn't have date nights i mean i i vaguely remember it but i i what i remember probably more vividly is the the longer periods of time without any real connection and like the like a constant feeling of kind of chaos
1: yeah i mean i can barely remember it but um i think it was probably when we had Annie grace and then I was pregnant with Perry, um, and we were just both exhausted and didn't have much of a plan about anything and we're kind of overwhelmed and, um, just we probably didn't really know when we were going to connect next or that we were even disconnected. I don't even know if we had that much of an awareness. Yeah, no,
0: I don't think, yeah, I don't think there was any, I think the only awareness was the, I mean, it was for me just like the, was like the pain, like it was, it was a numbed out pain of disconnection. Yeah,
1: numbness, just
0: numb. Yeah, like n- numbed out pain. Like there was pain, but it wasn't like overt, I'm um, like hair on fire pain. It was a numbed out pain with like noise on top. How did that feel for you?
1: Um, it's frustrating and isolating and I think you know it being um, a new mother in a new city and also unemployed for the first time in your adult life just all of that at one time and then also being disconnected from your spouse and um, yeah I mean that's a lot that's just you're just sedating because you're just getting through
0: yeah I, <clears throat> I mean that's anytime there's that much transition that isn't, uh, when you think about there's, there's transition that happens with that people say, okay, I'm going to go this direction and I'm going to make a transition and I'm going to go from here to there and it's intentional and I'm going to go there and I know there's going to be things along the way. That's, you know, and that's kind of what we do when we, when we think about these 90 day challenges and, you know, being in a challenge, it's like saying, okay, I'm going to go through some, in- some change and in intention on purpose. It's different than, that scenario where there's all this change and chaos, but it isn't without intention per se. I mean, yes, we're having a child, but beyond that, like you don't really know where it's leading you. Right. Is that, is that kind of how you, how did you feel around that?
1: Well, I mean, when we decided to move to Dallas, it's not like we knew we were going to get pregnant the month before we moved like that. It just kind of all happened at one time. You got a new job, We bought a house between the time we put the offer on the house and actually closed on the house. We found out we were pregnant, moved Then you know, fast forward nine months and we have the baby and then I, you know, quit my job. Um, it was all good stuff. I mean, that's great stuff. We were happy. we were excited. We were blessed. And I think it was just also, um, not having a a great plan around, you know, what we were going to do with all of that change. So becoming, we were we were fairly reactive as as opposed to proactive. Yeah, no, that
0: that's actually it, it was like a hundred percent reactive. Like, like other than we're gonna get a house or whatever, or we're going to move to Dallas. Beyond that, there wasn't everything else was re, in total reaction mode, like all the time, and you know that that it was in that period of time that where the story for this even this podcast starts to begin, like. It was in that period of time where all of a sudden there is this massive demand for capacity on all of our parts where uh I, I, there was this exponential amount of, of additional capacity asked for, asked for but i was still doing the same thing at work like i was still like believing that i had to maintain the same way out the same operating system which I had an operating system, which I mean, this is one of the things I'm literally writing about in the book right now about like this operating system, the story that guided everything that said, well, I'll just outwork everybody. Like I'll just, that's, that's just my, that's my formula. I'll outwork everybody. It's always worked for me. It's worked for me in athletics, worked for me, different sales jobs. I'll just outwork everybody. And that'll deliver results. And the, the, like the messed up part of this is that it actually does deliver results. Like, that's one of the things I'm realizing. It does re- deliver results, but it comes at tremendous cost. Right. And that was, the like, the cost of that didn't start to show up until the capacity demands were shifted by Annie Grace and you, and then, you know, ultimately, Perry was, like, the final straw. So, like, what did you notice about me, if you can remember me? And, I mean, I remember you. You're going through a pregnancy, which is a life event. I mean it's a you know it's a it's a totally rare period and experience for a woman. Yeah, yeah it's a finite. It's definitely a finite what what did you notice about me during that time if you can remember that? How do you when you think back about that guy versus now, what what do you what do you see or feel?
1: Um are you speaking specifically about my first or my second pregnancy? The first. The first? Um, I remember you being gone a lot during the first pregnancy and I remember being at home alone in a new city um, and we hadn't found a church yet and we didn't have a bunch of friends. So it was just, it was, I was, I would say, you know, when I'm, when I'm pregnant, I go through like a depression. Um, It's weird. I just, I did not have like happy pregnancies. I was just really tired and didn't feel good and just depressed and then to have you gone was hard Hmm. but um you were you know you were in the very beginning stages of your your current role and you had huge aspirations and and you know kind of forging the path in a new vertical or not a new vertical but at least one that was not as developed as it is now and so you were kind of like just all guns blazing in that and and kind of um, the marriage and the family and all that stuff was kind of secondary
0: yeah, it was fucked is what it was like when in thinking back on that like i don't i don't i've forgotten about like how much I traveled because i try, i never i didn't shift anything after you became pregnant i didn't change any of my behaviors or patterns after you became pregnant and Like, so, you know, I just, just traveling was my, you know, just get me in front of the customer, get me in front of the customer. That was the, that was my story. If you just put me in front of the customer, game over. Like that was what I, what I thought was true. So I've got these big goals in order to make those big goals. I got to be in front of the customer. That means I'll travel anywhere, anytime, any place to be there and just kind of thought, well, you know, she can handle that. Um, Or I didn't really maybe I didn't, you know, just thought it was like, it's okay it was a negotiable thing and there certainly was no commitment to a date night or to like, like anything. Um, we would go on a trip occasionally and things like that. But like in terms of any type of consistent intentionality to it, there was none and yeah, it's just, I, I know that in, in that place, like we, uh, we were, even though you were pregnant, there was a, like compared to now, there was a feeling of just, just some dark, dark, like a little bit of darkness and some confusion is the way I, th- I feel it now in hindsight. Now, what, what would, how would you contrast that with fast forward to, uh, to Perry's? So to, until to, to, to when you were pre- pregnant with Perry?
1: Um, same. So I remember when I found out I was pregnant with Perry, you were gone and you had just left. Um, you were going to be gone for an entire week. I think you're in Florida. Yeah. And I found out I was pregnant and was super shocked. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to tell him when he gets home. He's really busy and I don't want to tell him over the phone and, and I can plan a big surprise. And that lasted all of an hour and a half. (laughs) 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 I was like, holy crap, I got to tell somebody. (laughs) So then you called and, and I remember telling you over the phone that I was pregnant.
0: Yeah. Annie Grace was on there with you. Yeah.
1: We FaceTimed you, but on but, but the, but it was the same. I mean, it was the same. I, except for, I wasn't working. I didn't have like that. Um, I didn't have a, a job to keep me busy. And, um, I had I just had one child and looking back on that that's relatively easy. I had, you know, me and Annie Grace and she was little and we had our little routine and um you know, I was exhausted and and depressed once again. It didn't feel good and just absolutely worn out. My body was just dying. But um yeah, no change. I mean, you were still gone a ton.
0: How how did you feel about About the connection that was, I mean, like when we first met, like it was at, you know, hey, we're not spending a day apart for like three months. No.
1: Two weeks.
0: Okay. And then like three more months after that. No. Like we spent, like, I've got a record. I've got a journal of this. Like when we first met, it was at least like. At least two weeks. It was two weeks. Every single day. I
1: moved. You you moved me. And then you went out of town. And then I got sick. And then you came home early. But that was only two weeks before you left on your first trip. And you did travel quite a bit. But any time that we could spend together, we did. And then when you had to go out of town, um, you would leave Rue with me as a way of kind of like.
0: Being present. Holding your place. (laughs) Right. Right. But here's an interesting distinction I just made was that that business trip that you're referring to, that one that I left on to go, go on. There's a story there. There's a story about what happened after I left, which was you got sick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She got sick and I don't remember where I was. Do you remember where I was? Nope. She got sick. And this is again, like 14 days into this new relationship I mean, and it's white hot, like Roman candle, like over the moon love. I mean, like you we were telling each other, we loved each other, like by what date three. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like date three. I love you. I think I love you too. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? It was. It was, it, it was pretty it, close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I, but I, I got on a flight back early. Yeah. Like I came home early. It was St. Louis. I was in St. Louis and I came home early just because she was sick. Yep. And then what happened? What happened when I got home?
1: Well, you had, I had your car remember because I had this teeny tiny little BMW and I was moving and my BMW would hold nothing. It was a little two door convertible.
0: That was in your like single, like California girl. Right, like-
1: right. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I had your forerunner because you were going out of town. Um, and so then you flew in and I was just deathly ill. I was staying at Meredith's house because I couldn't get in my apartment yet, but I'd sold my townhouse. Um, so I was staying with her and her little kids. So the reason I got sick, I got the stomach bug from them. And Meredith was down. Matt was down. We were all down. And so you had to cab it from the airport. (laughs) I don't know if you came into LA or if you came in orange County, but either way you had to cab it all the way down to camp Pendleton and get onto base and come get me, get your car and then stop by the grocery store on the way back to your place, get a bunch of stuff to make me chicken noodle soup and medicine. And then you took me to your place, put on the princess bride, made some chicken soup. (laughs)
0: gentlemen, that's how you do it right there. That's the, that's the formula. But here's the distinction I make on this. Now is that if I had, I had that formula at 14 days in, I think I had that formula for quite a while after that, like that level of intensity, but fast forward to a place where, you know, the, the fast forward a couple of years and we're married and there's this new game where I was put at the same level of intention and power that I was putting into the relationship 14 days in is what became my new norm in terms of hitting the objectives that I had from in place of ego set out to deliver for the business I was working in. That married up to, I'm just going to outwork everybody, the, the, I'm just going to work out, outwork everybody's story ends up in, in a place of, let's put it this way. It puts me on a trajectory where our marriage doesn't last. Like I had a vision of this and it was one of the most powerful things that woke me up as I, as I realized, and it was not too, too far after, after Perry was born that I realized that if, if, if I continued on the same trajectory that I was on, if my patterns and, behaviors, patterns and behaviors did not change, that in 10 years I was going to be 60 pounds overweight instead of the 40 that I was at that point. I was going to be divorced. Uh, I was going to have no relationship with my children, uh, probably addicted to something, pornography, who knows what, drinks, alcohol, I don't know, something to sedate. And then I would have had a lot of money but I would have given away all of it in a, in a massive divorce. And so like, this is the trap. And this is where I thank God every day for the catalyst that ended up being Perry that woke me up. Like that woke me up to like you have fallen into this trap. And it really is like, I use this analogy of the matrix all the time is that it's, it's true. It's like your whole world is built around these stories and beliefs and, and, um, and frames that somehow got in into my way of believing those were the way, the places I was going to find my significance. I was going to find my significance in the marketplace. I was going to find my significance with you know hitting the quota and the bonuses and the customers. And I completely lost touch with Susanna, and I lost touch with myself. The connection with God had started to get cloudy, and it was a place of, it was the pit. How how did this, how did this feel from a, like, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you know, knew that I was in that spot. I didn't really know it until, until I, I tell you what, I did know it a few times where there was a couple of weeks where I just, I, you know, one of the, a couple of those times where I was just up until like four in the morning, like four or five nights in a row, like not sleeping and all that. And, and just completely like on adrenaline and I don't know if you knew where I was, but, but like, how did that, how energetically, how do you, how does that, how did that feel to you? Or do you remember those days?
1: Yeah. So I had no idea where you were because honestly I was either right before or just having given birth to baby number two Um, with, you know, with Annie grace being having just turned two and then having a newborn. Um, I mean, I can barely remember anything about those days. It was, I mean, you know, it's any, any, anybody that's had two children fairly close together, you know, it's just, I mean, it's, it's kind of, um, you do whatever you can do to survive. And, you know, you've just got one child that's barely sleeping through the night. And now you have another one that needs you every couple hours. Um, so I was probably in a pit of my own at that point. Not, Mm -hmm. and not, not in a, um, gosh, in a pit, but not in a bad way, just in a, in a pit being, you know, um, not getting a lot of sleep, not having a lot of time for yourself, just, just, just one step, one foot in front of the other, trying to just make it through the day and keep the children alive and well and yourself.
0: You know, what's interesting is that as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about that, you know, what we were both doing at that time is that we were both, I, we were both operating solo. Like, I was like, "You're, I'm just, I've got to handle all this." So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. All, and I was, and then here, here's the interesting thing. Thing that happens is that you take everything on your shoulders. Like you took all the kids on your shoulders. Not that I wasn't involved and things like that, but and but like you, but that became your. You know, where you weren't working anymore. That became everything. And you're kind of operating solo. I, well, in the business world, and the business side of the family, and earning the money and all that kind of stuff, I was operating solo. And even, in fact, inside of my work, I was many times operating solo. And and with a story that I'll just do it all myself. Um, no one's going to save me. I've got to do it myself. I've got to uh, take all of this on. And then I think that mindset then separates separated us. Is that you were operating like... You know, you, the, you tell me, I mean, I, my perception is that you were operating with a feeling of like, I've got these kids on my shoulders. I've got to hold down the house. He's got to go to his, his thing. And then I'm looking at it. She's got the house. I've got to do my thing. I've got to do all this stuff. I got to stay up till four in the morning and go to the flights and go to do presentations. And where that left us was both of us operating like these two worlds independent of each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were in our own little silos not really communicating about what we were doing. Um, and you traveled a good bit right after Perry was born. Um, so you were gone and, um, you know, I was dealing with situations that I'd never dealt with before, just having the clubfoot issue and the treatment and the cast and all of that and weekly doctor's appointments. And my mom was there for a little bit. Um, but you know, it's a big cloud. A lot of it's a cloud. Like, just a sleep fog (laughs) or sleepless fog. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't particularly remember it as it like a very joyful time. We were happy. We were very happy and grateful for our children, but I don't remember it as being like super joyful.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that. um, Well, that's the pit, right? That's, that's that place of confusion, fear, Constant reactivity, no real directional flow to anything that we're doing. We're totally like in reaction mode. And look, that's what happens when you have cho- I mean, we'd never had two children before. We'd only had one. But for me, I had never, I had never, I had, I, I had continued to operate the way I had operated before for the most part and, and things that, um, today are non-negotiable, were then negotiable and actually a lot of things were negotiable and actually there was a lot of things and that w- in fact a lot of things almost everything was negotiable like everything was negotiable now i'm talking about it we had nothing where we drew a line in the sand and we were like we're committed to this we're committed to this direction we're committed to this intention it was just constant reactivity mode and that is i mean if you stay in that place, there's only one outcome, which is destruction. Like there's no, if you, if you, if you stay there. And I think that's where a lot of people find themselves in is this place of like a hundred percent reactivity mode without some type of, like in a cul-de-sac, they're just going around and around and around and around for years. And they never are able to pick a direction and just move, move one way to get some direction. And it's in that, it's in that, cul-de-sac where things eventually you get to the point where sedation starts happening because you don't want to look at the pain and then the sedation creates guilt and shame and then the guilt and shame creates more sedation and it's this just this cul-de-sac of of darkness and it's where if you don't find a directional a, a, a reason to go to be directional you can stay for a really long time. And it was my, that was the vision that I saw like 10 years out of being in the circle for 10 years. The whole thing is destroyed. Did you have a sense for like, did you have a sense for any of that? Or even thinking about it? Like, no, just on the kids.
1: You were... No, I didn't No, Well, you know, um, this is not my first marriage. This marriage is, does not even like this we were so far and away better than the first marriage that no I, i mean i can see now that we were probably on a trajectory for um combustion 10 years down the line whatever um, but no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see it that way just because it was so much better than my previous experience. <laughs> <laughs> Yay.
0: All right. <laughs> That's what we're going for. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Just better. Just, just better. Barely.
1: better. no, it's not what we're going for.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Like, well,
1: uh, how the bar was low. Hey, <laughs> 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 okay.
0: Got it. Thanks. Uh, what did you feel like that? I mean, it's easy to remember. Like I was looking back at some pictures like that white hot, like first 90 days, first six months, first like crazy stuff where we would move across the country and six months. We only not even known each other for six months and move across the country. Like all this kind of stuff. Like, um, like that seems like a long time ago. <laughs> I guess it was a long time ago. I mean, but almost a decade. here's the question. Is there any reason that a couple can't us? Why is there any reason why we couldn't seek to experience that same level of Roman candle, white hot, I got your back kind of love kind of, yeah, I'm just quite like, but it, is there any reason you couldn't seek that now? Like, you think about it, like here you can see if you if you even having this conversation, it's like stepping outside of where we are, but like, is there any reason that you know those days of kind of that level of like, "Hey, I'll jump on the flight, I'll cancel my meeting because she's sick, I'm gonna come home now," kind of thing couldn't be true now. No. That's the end of the podcast. We're going to be (laughs) signing off here.
1: (laughs) No, of course not. No. I mean, I just think, you know, obviously you have to be a lot more intentional and you have to work at it and you have to make it a priority and you have to set your targets and, and seek it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's the, uh, that kind of comes back to the date nights. Right is that the date night is saying that like no fail we're gonna have some this time together, and ideally, I mean, I'd say best practice for date nights i mean I think we've we've come up with a few of them, which is consistency and like the same place. we're gonna go the place we know, like we're gonna like <laughs> like we're not like uh no surprises, no well,
1: i mean look that works for us because. We don't like surprises. But if it's a couple that really likes spontaneity and that really gets them going, then they should they should seek that and they should take turns doing that. But for us, we don't wanna be, I, I be surprised. I don't wanna be surprised. I don't wanna have a long wait. I don't wanna get crap food. Um yeah, I just I want I want good food and, and not a wait and great staff and good service and Taco Vivino hits all those bills
0: this episode of the sales warrior podcast sponsored by taco vino in bishop arts dallas texas um but i think that consistency of the place it's the same place i I think there's also something about the frame that happens is that once we've gone to the same restaurant again and again again we kind of know that like once we're in there we're gonna have this experience it's our time to connect like there's it's almost like reps like you you it's kind of like that that uh I heard somebody say like ninety percent of the, the go, you know, getting in shape is just being in the gym, like getting to the gym. I think this is kind of that too, as it's saying the date night is going to happen on. I think even matters what day. Like I think for a while we were like it's date night on Friday, it's Saturday, it's Sunday, it's all over the place. I think there's something about it's it's this day, it's this time, it's this place, and you know, for at least ninety days we're going to be in this place, this time, or whatever. And of course you can adjust and things like that. But like I think there's something there that says you draw a line in the sand and simply by making a commitment together as a couple that you're, you are able to retake the frame on the chaos. Everything else about the week may be, may be in total chaos, but like, like that's the one place you can, you can lay down a line in the sand. And just by doing that, you actually kind of retake, the frame and you actually, if you're in that cul-de-sac right now, so if you're listening to this right now and you're in a relationship and you find yourself in that cul-de-sac, have you considered that one of the most powerful things you can do is just simply make a commitment to on a day at a time at a place, not your house, you and your partner go and spend some time together. And is it going to be perfect every single time?
1: (laughs) Oh Lord. No, (laughs) we've fought so many times on date night and just ruined it. (laughs)
0: I would say that that's just progress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: (laughs) I mean, if you're not doing this as a couple and you're kind of in that drift mode and you're not, you're not feeling the connection that you'd like. And look, we're not sitting here saying that anything is in in a at any level perfect, but it is something that we do have in terms of what we've made a commitment to. And we've been doing this for co- very committed for at least six months and it has made a difference and it has opened up some new places inside of our connection. I mean, even even doing this podcast would have been an absolute impossibility six months ago, three months ago, last week, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, if I hadn't tricked her right before this podcast into doing it. No, I'm just kidding.
1: This was a surprise
0: this was not a surprise. Surprise indicated it would have been premeditated. It was 100% spontaneous. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Tell the truth on the podcast. But look, here's the, here's the takeaway. Set a time, set an intention. And by doing that, retake the frame on the chaos that may exist inside your week or your family. It can be this one place, this one little island of of peace or maybe conflict, but it is the fact that you said you were going to do it together as a, as a couple. And in doing that, you start to create momentum. Is there anything you'd like to tell other, tell folks, tell women about date night recommendations, like what it, like anything, anything you want to leave people with?
1: No, I mean, all I can say is that it's once we've got it in place, it's something that I actually really look forward to. Um, And so that's really nice to have something that you look forward to, especially on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday, when you've got a long week ahead of you, you know, hey, at least Thursday night, I'm not going to have to bathe and feed my children and put them to bed. (laughs) I love my children, but I'm not going to have to do that one night. I'm going to get to go out. I'm going to eat. I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to have a conversation with my husband. Um, And, I mean, it's just – it's a really nice break in the week to connect and to also just take a step away from your daily activities and and just enjoy – Being an adult in an adult relationship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What's that like? Uh, Hey, I want to, uh, first of all, I want to tell you, I love you very much. And I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. This is is really cool. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on this.
1: I love you too. And you're welcome.
0: All right, so th- this is this is the lesson for this week. Is that regardless of what story you may have, which my one of my stories would've been, my wife will never get on the microphone and be on this podcast. <laughs> no matter how how impossible your story may be, it it may just be just around the corner from becoming an impossibility. But it's possibly built on the fact that it requires some type of consistent action over over a period of time and the one that I'd encourage you to take is set a date night with your partner. Make it non-negotiable life or death. Like you're catching a flight, like you have to be there. And try this every week for a month and see if that, you can turn that into a quarter and I can guarantee you that 90 days of that will shift your relationship in a way that'll make it unrecognizable. That's what I got for you today, my friends. This is Brian Q. Davis signing off from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this valuable, share it up with someone you think might get value and keep tuning in. Thank you so much. More to come.